deciding on where to attend medical school, apply for residency, or enter practice. Two is a mobile app that enables you to find the perfect fit where to live, work, and play. Download Two, T-O, at the Apple Store. Sometimes what keeps you going in residency is absurdity itself. Welcome to the AMSA AdLib Podcast, where you'll hear from med students and experts alike. I'm your host, Christine Camizio. Joining us to introduce today's episode is Perry Tsai, currently serving as AMSA's Vice President for Leadership Development. Here's Perry. Hey everyone, I'm Perry Tsai. At AMSA, we recognize the importance of stories, both listening to stories and telling them. We hear stories from patients about their lives. We hear stories from advocates that affect change. We hear stories from our mentors and our peers about their experiences in medicine. Today, we bring you a story from Chapel Hill, North Carolina, told live on stage at Linda's Down Bar for the UNC Chapel Hill School of Medicine Story Slam in April 2013. The theme of the night was humanity and hilarity, stories that touched us and tickled us. And one of our storytellers was Dr. Kenya McNeil Trice, an associate professor of pediatrics and pediatric residency program director at UNC. Dr. McNeil tried to share a story about a particularly rough night when she was a senior resident on the pediatric ward. And her story, entitled Smelly Cat, was the winner of the Story Slam that evening. Hope you enjoy. Wow, it's like really hard going last. I hope I'm, I'm, I'm last, I hope I'm not least. Um, so um, Perry was right, the name of my story is Smelly Cat. And so I'm going to have to take you back, kind of like in a time machine, um, to my story about nine years ago. Um, in September of 2004 at the Children's Hospital, and I was a senior resident. Um, and at this time, we had work hour restrictions. Um, but we were still working about 30-hour shifts. They had cut our hours back to 30-hour shifts. Um, and I was the senior resident, and they called us the PAO. And that meant Pete's admitting officer. So any patient that wanted to get admitted to the children's hospital had to come through me. I, took, I had this pager that never stopped. It was like seizing at all times. And if it was a call from the clinics, the emergency department, any physician or hospital throughout North Carolina that needed a patient admitted to North Carolina Children's Hospital, it had to come through me, the PEDS admitting officer. And I was on call every fourth night. And so when I took call, that's all I did all night was admit patients, oversee the admission of patients, and I had two interns that worked with me. And it was just grueling. It was exhausting. It's probably one of the busiest months of my entire life. Um, and it's probably the acuity. We've looked back. We had a code like every night. So I was also in charge of all the pediatric codes. So when they called pediatric code blue, I would have to run wherever it was in the hospital to this code and run the code until the PICU got there. So every call night we had a pediatric code blue. And I was like, oh my gosh, this is the longest month ever. <coughs> and so I had defense mechanisms. And my defense mechanism, it varied, but I was like, we're going to have a good time. We had the best two interns ever who are now attending. One's actually a PICU attending, I think, duly trained. Um, appropriately so happened to be on call with me as their senior. And another one's a hospitalist now, but these are, my, these are my interns. I was like, you know, it's hard, it's grueling, we're going to have fun every night. And so I varied it. Sometimes I'm like, okay, tonight we are eating real food. Tar Heel Takeout is coming up here. <laughs> we order food. I was like, who is ordering food? Sometimes we order cakes. Um, <laughs> we did, man. We cakes. They deliver cakes from the house. Like, we are making it through the night. Whatever to make it through. 
kind of my theme. I was like, you know, we just got to make it through until the team comes back in the morning, keep them alive until 7.45. <laughs> Some people have heard that. John Meyer, Capstone Course, was my intern. Um, so I would have these songs in my head, and I would have, like, little things for the night. And this one particular night, I couldn't get this song out of my head. It was Smelly Cat. <laughs> and if any of you know it, Smelly Cat is a jingle written by the character Phoebe in Friends. Has anyone ever heard of this song? All right. And so for those of you who don't, you have to know it. So the theme is, is Smelly Cat. And the chorus goes, Smelly Cat, Smelly Cat, what are they feeding you? <laughs> smelly Cat, Smelly Cat, it's not your fault. Yeah. <laughs> she wrote it for a cat litter commercial. So I was singing this song and all night, and so I would sing it out loud. Every once in a while, I would just break into a chorus of Smelly Cat. <laughs> so my interns were annoyed. They're like, God, now we can't get the song out of our head. The nurses are annoyed. I was like, you know, we're gonna make it through. And so, transforming you back, it's about 1 a.m. I've been at the hospital since about 6.30 the previous morning. So we're at about 19 hours. I'm getting off at about noon the next day. So I have about 11, you know, whatever more hours to go. And all I'm doing, we're admitting patients, we're taking cross coverage call, and we call it putting out fires. Putting out a fire is a fire is whenever there's any problem with a patient, anything, medication problem, line problem, whatever, it's a fire and we're putting it out. My interns will come back, put out that fire, put out that fire. We are trudging through. My intern comes up to me, she's like, Kenya, we got a problem. I was like, oh God, come on, it's 1 a.m. We can whirl through. And she's like, you know, that kid they admitted last night, this baby um, on seven children, lost the IV. Lost their IV. And I was like, what? I was like, gosh. And I was like, well, who started? They were like, no, the nurses upstairs. And she's, nurses tried. The best IV started on seven children have tried. They called the picky. The picky nurses have tried. They can't get this IV in. I was like, tell them to call transport. They're like already done. Peds, air care, transfer. These people can get IVs and rocks, I'm telling you. <laughs> like if I'm in the ER, I'm telling them to call the PICU nurses to come start my IV. They have all tried, they cannot get an IV in this baby. And I was like, oh gosh. So to, just to give you a background, this baby was less than a week old, had been born less than a week old, and had come back in with fever. And the baby had not gained birth weight back. So the baby was less than birth weight, had this fever, and whenever we have a baby like this, the protocol is that you got to check the blood, the urine, and the spinal fluid to make sure there's no bacteria in it. So we'd already done all that, and the first blood culture had come back positive. And so we had to have this baby on IV antibiotics. And our thoughts were that the blood culture was probably a contaminant, you know, maybe not right, but we got to keep on antibiotics until this baby's rolled out. And I was like, this baby's got to have an IV. There's no way we can wait till the morning. And so I go upstairs, and the nurses are all standing outside the room. They're like, we can't get this IV in. And I was like, great. And I'm thinking in my head, I was like, what am I going to do? The next thing that you can think of, the only other option would be called surgery, right? <laughs> I don't know if I want them placing my lines. <laughs> but I know, I was like, I can't get in the morning. My, my attending get here and ask me how I let this baby stay with a line overnight. And I know the first thing the surgeon's going to ask me on the phone at 1 a.m., that's the next thing you don't want to wake up an attending surgeon at 1 a.m. without a good reason, it's going to be like, well, have you tried? And I'm not going to say no. I was like, I can't say no, right? And so I was like, okay, I got to try. I'm the senior in house. Right. And so I'm like, I'm thinking about how to stall, right? And I'm standing outside the room. I was like, okay, you know what? Let me go 
proceed to room and get the materials. Nurse is like, nope, I got it. It's in the room. It's waiting for you. Shoot. <laughs> 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 and so then I'm like, okay. All right, you know what? We got to have the antibiotics by the bedside. I'm not starting this IV until the antibiotics. All right, nope. Put the bag's in the room. Pharmacy's got it up. It's just like, <laughs> It's like, so there's nothing else I can do to stop. And so I go in the room, and we have these huge cribs. The cribs are the same size if you're newborn or two. It's just the same size. This huge crib, this little bitty baby in the middle of this crib. And I was like, oh, my gosh, this is like getting worse. But I, I got my game face on. Like, I'm the senior in charge. And I got my white coat. I'm like, I can do this. And then I see the parents, and they're like, they almost look as thin as the baby. Like, they are like... They're exhausted, their eyes are sunken. I could tell the mom has been crying and they're literally like leaning on one, one another, holding themselves up there. So their new baby was his exhaustion, just anyway. Their baby's sick and has been readmitted. Their baby's been stuck probably about seven times their night. They think something's seriously wrong. They know the cultures, but like everything that can go wrong, they're like haggard and they're looking at me and like, what is she supposed to do? And so I come in, I was like, oh my gosh, this couldn't be any worse. So I introduced myself and tell him who I am. I said, you know, we're going to have to try to start this IV, and the baby has to have, I'm sorry, I have to stick your baby again. We're going to have to try this, and, you know, if we fail, you know, we may have to call surgeons. And that's like, her eyes just got big. And so I was like, you know, we have a treatment room. You can go, and they're like, no, we're not leaving our baby. I was like, so. If I were to say, like, probably the worst thing of having to do a procedure on a kid is actually having the parents stand there and like stare down at you. And all my third and fourth years are like nodding their head. Yeah. <laughs> so they're gonna say, I was like, this is great. And so the baby's in the middle of the crib, it's right here, the nurse is right here, the parents are right here, and we turn on this light over the bed. And I swear to you, the spotlight, it's like this, it's a spotlight over the bed, like shining down on this baby. And this baby is like the smallest baby you've ever seen. Like newborn with absolutely no fat. You can see like all of the, everything. And I was like, where am I supposed to put an IV in this kid? Like, and the parents are staring at me like, you better get this or, and so I'm looking, <laughs> and I'm shaking. And I was like, I can do this, I can do this. And so I gotta get in the zone, all right? I'm trying to get in the zone, I'm trying to get in the zone. And in my head, I'm, I'm just thinking in my head, I'm going through my steps in my head. And I'm rocking in my head. This is my smelly cat night. So I'm in my head. It's just the song is just going over and over in my head. Just going over and over. And so I'm tying on the tourniquet and in my head is going, smelly cat. What are they feeding you? And I got the tourniquet on. I see a little vein pop in. And I'm like, this baby's even starting to look like a little cat. You know? Like, and so I got my needle and the song's still just going over in my head as I'm in the zone. Smelly cat. Smelly cat, it's not your fault. And then needle goes in the vein. I was like, oh, I, you know, so I just play the song just over and over in my head. It's just going over and over. And the the IV goes in. I get blood return. I was like, flush, it flushes. We hook up the I, the medication, and I'm like, and I want to just like jump back and go score. <laughs> out of the room all calm and inside I'm like what I was like I just did that <laughs> anything my interns right here she saw it all <laughs> she tell everybody tomorrow morning that I got this IV in and like I was just you know and she's like all quiet and she looks at me and she is like I'm thinking she's kind of in awe of me <laughs> and so she just stops her she's like oh my goodness Kenya 
And I was like, for a moment, I was like, she really is admiring me. <laughs> I was like, wow, I didn't expect her. And she's like, oh my goodness. And I said, why? I was like, yeah. She's like, I cannot believe you were singing Smelly Cat. <laughs> Never count out what you can do. Like, I've seen folks do this before where they're like, well, if so-and-so can't do it, I can't do it, right? So never count your, your uh, abilities. Always have the courage to know what you know. Um, never to, number two, always have fun, right? Um, so I still always have fun. Um, my medical students and residents know I still have theme songs. Um, I was thinking, um, I even brought my phone. One of my favorite residents, her name is Jessie, and I have two girls, many of you know my girls. And so there's this theme song on Disney called Jesse. And whenever this resident, this intern is my intern, I come in and we have like theme song. Like I have her theme song when she, before she starts to present. I was like, wait a minute, Jesse's about to present. And I play this like. <laughs> so block were like, oh, she's kind of psycho. But before she presented, I was like, wait a minute, Jesse's theme song, now you can present your patient. <laughs> and then number three, um, beware of what you're thinking because you may sing it out loud. <laughs> I was just really glad I wasn't the theme song that night, wasn't Super Freak. <laughs> you have a story you want to share from an experience in medicine? Let us know at adlib at amsa.org. You can even record your thoughts using the iPhone Voice Memo app or an app like Easy Voice Recorder on Android. Then email the recording to adlib at amsa.org. To hear more stories from that night, search UNC SOM Story Slam on YouTube. AMSA AdLib is brought to you by the American Medical Student Association. I'm your host, Christine Camizio. This episode was produced by Pete Thompson and myself. Special thanks to Perry Tsai for arranging the Story Slam event. Joshua Caulfield is the show's executive producer, and Dr. Kelly Tibbert is AMSA's national president. We hope you enjoyed this episode, and thank you for listening. Not sure what to expect or how to navigate the interview process? Want to make sure your personal statement hits the mark? AMSA's new program, Applied Match Preparation, or AMP, has been created just for you, 
Get personalized, one-on-one assistance from a team of experts and get ready to shine during the application process. Visit AMSA.org slash AMSA amp to get started today.